Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. is a Christmas Eve. They're my favorite services all year. And Christmas is always a very special time at Freedom. Love these services. They're cozy and traditional. Well, traditional for us. <laughs> and, and there's new stuff. Don't you love a church that is innovative and, and creative? And it's amazing. Yeah. Give it up for all of the volunteers and the bands and everybody who works so hard on this. There is there's behind the scenes amazing things happening too. I don't know if you heard, but we were able to sponsor 29 kids for Christmas this year. Awesome. Just in the past three weeks, one of those requests literally came in three days ago. So it's amazing. That was 11 families, five of which don't have connection here at this church. And we got to share the love of Jesus with them which is absolutely awesome. Our women's group also got to fill 15 bags full of goodies to go to local nursing homes who don't get visitors on Christmas. We loved being able to do that and minister to our community in that way. We also got to throw the Christmas bash this year for our community's kids, right? So many good things happening beyond Christmas Eve services because we are a vibrant, passionate, selfless church. I thought maybe you would finish it for me. He wants to change the world with the message of the gospel, right? That is the identity God gave us this year. And we really have grown into that so well. But what is the message of the gospel, right? I mean, what is the message that John the Baptist was crying out in the wilderness as we learned this past weekend? You know, today I was going to tell you all about the message that he was proclaiming, that all four Gospels record. Do you know only two of the Gospels record the birth story, Jesus's birth story? But all four begin with John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness. But this morning, I woke up and I said, you know what? That just doesn't feel right. I know I left them on a cliffhanger <laughs> this past weekend, but it's just not right. God, if you're going to drop something new into my soul, you better do it quick, right? <laughs> it was this morning, y'all. We got here at noon, okay? This morning. And God, sure enough, the message came. So tonight, I believe God has a spe special message for you, and that is God is with us. That is the gospel message, that God is with us. See, there's one very important fulfillment of prophecy that we haven't discussed much yet in the series called Written in the Stars. And we find it in Matthew 1. We're going to read it here today. Matthew 1, verse 8. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. 
Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. I've heard that Joseph was a very trusting man for this, right? He was a good man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. And, you know, Mary, she knew that she knew it was God, right? She knew she wasn't with anyone else. She knew that it had to be God. But Joseph... And he had to go on a little faith here, right? I mean, maybe he was looking at other men sort of side-eyed for a few years, right? Like his nose uh, looks sort of like his nose. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he was sort of guessing. But this prophecy that the angel mentions to him, it wasn't just any prophecy. It was actually extremely clear who he was talking about. Even though that prophecy occurred 700 years before this, the people of Israel knew to expect a child born by immaculate conception, born through the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, and this is the prophecy from the book of Isaiah, 700 years written before this. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is. That prophecy was given by the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz of Judah. When the armies of Israel were allied with another big army, and they were marching against Judah, and he was scared. This was the prophet that was given to him. You know, this past weekend, we talked about asking God for a sign, right? And how silly Zechariah must have looked asking for a sign from an angel, right? The angel standing in front of him, and Zechariah says, can I have another sign? And how if you're looking for a way to not believe, you will always find one, right? In this particular story, The prophet Isaiah is literally sent by God to King Ahaz, offering him a sign. I kid you not, uh, the prophet Isaiah shows up and he's like, God is literally willing to be a genie in a bottle for you here. Ask him for anything, any sign whatsoever, and he will do it. I feel like he could have asked for a lot of things. I probably would have asked for a lot of things. He basically, God wrote him a blank check. Really, read Isaiah 7. This is what happens. God says, ask for anything, ask for a sign, and I will do it just to show you that I can deliver you from your enemies. It's a pretty good deal, right? But Ahaz refuses. He refuses. He says, no thanks, God. I got this. If you're looking for a sign to not believe, he doesn't want to believe. He's not looking for something, anything, to build his faith. He was looking for ways out. He was looking for ways out. Maybe you came in here today, Christmas Eve, dragged in by a family member, right? This is your Christmas present to your mom, maybe. You're already planning on disagreeing with everything I say, right? Can't wait to complain about how not all the Christmas songs today or... Those lights were too bright, or that definitely wasn't snow coming from the ceiling. I hope none of you stuck your tongue out. I promise you, it's not real snow. (laughs) You would regret that. But this prophecy, the prophecy came to King Ahaz, and it came to Joseph, too, to tell them one simple truth. God is with us. He's with us. 
Even when you can't see him or feel him or hear him, he is with us. Stop denying him. That's the word of the Lord for you today. Stop closing your eyes to the truth. Stop closing off your heart to the creator of heaven and earth. And believe me, I get it. You've been hurt in the past, maybe, by church of all places, especially by church, right? People have let you down. They always do. But God will never let you down. God sent Emmanuel. That is the message of Christmas, that God isn't just an aloof God up in heaven. He created us, but he doesn't care about us. He's he's busy with other things now, right? That's not him. And, And he's not an angry God up in the sky wagging his finger at you. He cares about your life. We live in the light and life of Jesus. God sent us a savior. He breathed hope back into this world of darkness, and he's knocking on your door today asking to be let in. He doesn't need some big show of emotion or big faith. Today, he's just asking you to believe. See, this world wants to tell you to believe constantly at this time of year, right? It's written on billboards and on the side of buildings, believe. Everywhere you're told to believe. And we want to protect the faith of our little ones. But we forget to protect our own faith. Now, I believe we should never stop believing. You're not in the magic of Christmas and presents and a a fat man in a suit. Although, don't get me wrong, I love the real story of St. Nick, right? St. Nick was a Jesus guy. He loved Jesus and he used his life to proclaim that truth. But I'm not saying today to believe in just the magic of Christmas, but to believe in the majesty, the glorious plan, the everlasting love of our Father. That is the true magic of Christmas. It's the magic that we should spread every day of every year, not just at Christmas. God is with us. That's the magic of Christmas. God is with us. He's close closer than a whisper, closer than death. And and I don't know about you, but I cannot live without that knowledge. Jesus came to be the hope of the world, and we don't have to live in darkness forever. We get to walk into the light, life, and presence of God because he took on our sins. He took on the punishment and the pain and the death and the slavery to religion. He conquered them all. He is the prophesied one. We don't have to wonder where he came from. We know he's been prophesied for hundreds and thousands of years. We know exactly where he came from. And this is the excellency of Christianity. That the author and founder of our faith is also the author and founder of the world. He's the fountain of excellency. It flows from him. The creator of all the world and all creation depends on him. It's why we worship him and him alone is there. Who else is there? He is well qualified for our redemption and salvation work. He is the prophesied one. We know exactly where he came from. He is the word of God and we know exactly who he is and he is the mediator the translator between us and God, and we know exactly what he does. In him was life, and in him is life. 
Jesus is God in every way. God qualified to redeem us as no one else is or ever will be. In him is life itself. He is the living God. And that is why the angels came. Why the shepherds ran to see Jesus. This is why Mary sang and uh, prophesied and Elizabeth rejoiced and Anna and Simeon could die happy servants and why John's disciples left him for Jesus and why hundreds of prophecies throughout the Old Testament all point to one Messiah. But it is also why Herod was murderous and the Jewish people as a whole weren't receptive and why the religious leaders were full of rage and wanted to kill Jesus. He is worthy of all the praise. And if we give him praise, it takes praise and power off of others. If we give him praise, it takes praise and power off of our problems and therefore the solutions don't get the praise anymore. If we give him praise, it must be all of our praise. It must be our best praise, our best gifts, our best worship, our best service. And yet, even though he's deserving of all of that, he came as a baby, not as a king. He came in a manger, not on a throne. He came not demanding our worship, even though he was the only one worthy of it. He came earning it as a servant, not by might or power. And he came forsaking everything but his father. If the presence of God was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. We must take our eyes off of worldly things, worldly desires, worldly pleasures, worldly problems, and we must put our eyes firmly back on the hope of the world. He is well qualified. That's the good news of the gospel. And it's why we give gifts at Christmas. Our God, us first. He gave the gift of his presence. The gift of the Holy Spirit within each and every one of us. The gift of closeness with our creator. The gift's name is Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. thing about a gift is when you know it's been prepared, it's your responsibility to receive it. I remember the first Christmas with my, my son, Hero. We would hand him a wrapped present and say, open it. And he just wanted to play with it. Just the box, the very pretty box. And then we'd, we'd start tearing the paper and he'd be upset because that was his pretty box. We gave him the pretty box. This morning, Candace, this evening, Candace has explained the perfect gift. That is the gospel. Is the only one qualified to be called the perfect gift. And it's presented to you right now. 
And here's the ultimate heartbreaking, heart-wrenching truth of the gospel. Is that it can be presented to you, beautifully packaged, incredibly explained, perfectly presented. But it is only you who can open it, receive it, and allow it to change you. Thousands of years ago, Joshua stood in front of the entire Israelite people having presented to them the truth that God loved them and wanted to give them a new land. And he said, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever your idols, your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose to them you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors? the ones they served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites, whose lands you now live? But for me as my family, we will join, we will serve the Lord. We are a family at Freedom Valley. One of the things this year that we, we've intentionally done is always present the gospel. Unashamed, unafraid of the cost or the pain it might bring. The gospel can be heavy. The gospel costs us something. Because when Jesus came as a baby, it cost him everything. And he presents to you right now that same gospel message. Will you receive it? Will you allow it to change your life? Will you leave behind the gods of your ancestors? Will you leave behind the gods of this world, the idols of this world, the sin that has so entangled us? Cannot make that choice for you. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Who will you choose to serve today? Somebody. Every service this year, we've provided an opportunity to respond to the gospel, and we will not allow Christmas Eve to be any different. So I'm going to ask, would you close your eyes in a moment? Create a space. Maybe you were here today and you came in this church and you said, I will not be convinced. I will not allow my heart to change. I will not believe a word they've said. I'm praying right now you will. Heavenly Father, soften hearts. Holy Spirit, speak transformation. If you're here today and you'd say, I need forgiveness of my sins. I need Jesus to give me a new life. I want to follow him from this day forward. If that's you, would you let me know? I want to repent of my sins. I want to leave behind the past and I want a new life. Or maybe you're coming back from having run away. If you want to come back, if you want to respond to the message of the gospel, Would you let me know by raising up your hand right now? Just raise your hand high. Just be bold. I need Jesus to forgive me my sins. I need that new life. I need to receive that gift. I want my family to serve the Lord. Right now, the ushers are just going to bring you a small card with some next steps so that you can follow God to the best of your ability. I'm going to pray with you right now. Father, for these decisions, for these dedications, for these hearts, saying, I will serve the Lord. Let this Christmas season 
Let this holiday, let this Christmas Eve become a new birthday, a day they never forget where they turned from everything of this world and came to you and you forgave them. You gave them a new life. I thank you that our family is growing. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you, if, if you would, would you stand up? As you came in, you should have received a candle. Hopefully, if you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers are making their way around with those candles right now. We want to, as a family, celebrate a tradition where we remember the light that came into this world. So right now, light your candle and hold it up with your family, recognizing that we are one family spreading the light from one another, carrying it with us from this day. And while this is a, a beautiful moment, let it be more than that. Let it be a symbol that from this day forward, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. There's only one person that is the way, the truth, and the life, and his name is Jesus. The ultimate gift of God come down. And when we stand in him, our light illuminates. Our light shines. you pray with me one last time before we move on from this place? Father, I thank you for our family. Our family that you are growing every day. For every person in this room illuminated by the light of the same flame. A single church, a single family. Grow us together. Make us strong. Don't let the symbol of this flame fall away from our hearts. But let us carry every day the same sentiment that we are united by the love of our Father. Thank you for this Christmas Eve service. For these hearts given to you for the first time and for those running back into the family. We will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Freedom Valley, thank you for celebrating with us this Christmas season. Thank you for being here this Christmas Eve service. And don't rush off. We still have a lot more fun in store with Christmas karaoke, hot cocoa, cookies, Barrel trains for the kids and a lot of fun. So we'll see you out there now as we get ready to leave this place. And you extinguish your candle, carrying with you that light inside. From our family to yours, Merry Christmas.
Thank you.